football. It's time to talk Dons. North Zone 1, Red Friday. Well, what a week it's been. Just seven days ago, Derek McInnes and Tony Doherty were preparing for what was ultimately a disappointing 0-0 Pataudry draw with Hamilton. Fast forward a week... And Sven Goran Eriksson, Scott Brown, Stephen Glass and Neil Lennon are just a handful of the names being suggested as the new Aberdeen manager. Let's hear from interim manager Paul Sheeran. Subdued, very subdued. Personally, gutting for me. They obviously brought me into the club and have given me the opportunity to full-time football again. First time it's actually happened for me in terms of as a staff. I mean, it has happened as a player. I've lost managers, but uh, as a staff, it's something that I've never came across, so... Hugely disappointing, brilliant people, both of them, and obviously you don't just build up working relationships in eight years, you, you build up uh, friendships as well, and I feel with the two of them and, and their families, and my family, we had done that within the seven years, so uh, we all feel that a wee bit, and you can tell everybody feels it around the club that it's uh, a huge disappointment, a huge blow, I mean they're brilliant at what they do, I think consistently they've delivered results up there with Sir Alex in terms of the consistency levels that they've found obviously without the, the success of Sir Alex but in terms of finding that that level of consistency that uh, Gaffer and Dot have done that North Zone 1 Red Friday Yes, this is Red Friday. I'm Mike. I'm joined in the studio by Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny. Andrew, uh, I thought this weekend might be a bit quieter for Red Friday because there's no <laughs> there's no Don's game. A lot less. There's only the two Premiership games. That'll be a nice, quiet, easy Friday night. Yeah, um, <laughs> but we should know football throws up uh, things like ha- what happened on Monday night. I must admit, it came as a bit of a bolt from the blue f- for me. Um, I now have the unenviable record of being the last person to have interviewed uh, Derek McInnes at Pataudry uh, one-on-one uh, after the game against Hamilton, which was hugely frustrating for, yeah. for everybody. Um, the Dons should have won it. There's no getting away from it. Uh, but there's an anxiety amongst the strikers that when the ball comes to them in front of goal, wrong decisions get made, players snatch at chances. And as a result, we've now gone nine games and only scored one goal in those nine games so from that side of things perhaps it wasn't altogether surprising that um, Derek uh, has gone but I think when you think back it was only about three weeks ago that Dave Cormack said that he had the full support of the board and all of a sudden I mean I must admit as soon as you hear a, a vote of confidence from it's a chairman thing, isn't that it? is the it's, death knell usually for a manager term. Is, uh, it, it's just a case of right how many weeks is it going to be before we the, saw it with Neil Lennon very similarly we did yes um, and amazingly that's six managers in the top 12 who started this season are gone Yeah, which um, just shows the incredible turnover that there's been but from the Aberdeen point of view Derek's been there for so long that uh, maybe it was a wee bit too comfortable a fit I don't think so uh, because both Tony and Derek put their heart and soul into the football club there's no getting away from it Dave you were saying to me that he's one of the few people that was in Pataudry before you prior to everybody moving out the corner yeah, park I, I mean I used to aim to be in the back of seven between seven and a half past and often he'd be either waving to me as I passed his car as he was getting out or he'd actually be in the office and the side of the effort he puts in that people just don't see and there's no reason why they would but uh, uh, no he gave it was more than a job for uh, Derek and Tony as well and yeah. uh, you know personally 
it's a sad week, to be honest. Yeah, Paul Sheeran, I think he summed it up there. Yeah. He said that the the staff, the players, everybody has felt his departure. And that's something I think that fans maybe don't realise. You know, this is somebody that's been at the club for a decade nearly. Uh, and a whole generation of players have come through and we've seen a turnover of teams. And he's been, uh, him and Tony Doherty have been at the, the helm for all that, Dave. And, and it's no surprise that we're now hearing... Uh, players come out and say, well, look, you know, it, former players are saying things like, and we'll hear from some very soon, things like, you know, actually, sometimes you don't realise you've got a good thing going. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, Paul mentioned that all of the staff, Derek and Tony, made it their jobs to get the f- to know the first names of everybody, from Susan who cleaned the corridors, uh, right through uh, all the, the staff, uh, the catering staff, etc. And, uh, you know, people appreciate that. Um, Question for you then, has that been the same with every manager that's managed at no. Not at all. Okay, uh, there we are. Let me guess. You didn't know <laughs> oh, <yeah>. names. <laughs> Ooh, I wonder. We could, uh, we could possibly do a, a, a names mm. and a, a hat and see what happens. Um, Andrew, yes. I mean, it is. It's it's a really weird uh, week because we're hearing all these names. We're going to be talking about some of them throughout the show, and we're going to be hearing from some, some former players. Graham Water, fan reporter, has been speaking to some of them. We've got some fans' reaction and much more. Um, some of the names, though. Can I just can I just stop for a second and say Sven, 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 Goran Eriksson coming to Pataudry, uh, it's not going to happen, is it? No chance. I cannot see any merit whatsoever in Sven Goran Eriksson coming to Pataudry. He's 73 years old. What was his last job to, in charge of the Philippines national team or something? I believe it was, And, and yeah. that was a couple of years ago. He's surely made enough money out of football now that he can go and enjoy his retirement, for goodness sake. What's he going to bring to Aberdeen other than a massive bill at the end of every month for his services? Uh, no, I, I really don't think that is, is one that has got any mileage in it whatsoever. Although Andrew does have uh, previous, because I remember <laughs> many, many years ago, I think it was with John Mellis and Andrew saying, <laughs> if Dean Windass becomes an Aberdeen player, I will eat my hat. Right. I also remember <laughs> a, a certain chant that you thought at that point might become a Pataudry favourite with his last name. And, and of course, that then, you know, laughing about the fact that that'll never happen. And then, of course, he was on the team sheet a week later. Yep, so it's absolutely. Uh, you know. But um, <laughs> I, I think this is a different scenario. Um, but. No, no, Sven Joran Eriksson, not a chance. Stephen Glass obviously is the yeah, front runner, yeah. and I believe the bookies have basically said no more bets now on, on Stephen Glass, which suggests that they know something that hasn't been made public mm. as yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, the Atlanta connection, the ex Aberdeen player connection, it would appear to fit. Um, my only concern about Stephen would be that he doesn't have a lot of experience, mm. but uh, he's worked under some good managers during his playing career. Um, he's doing, he's done a good job out there uh, in Atlanta, looking after the, their second string. He had half a dozen games uh, in charge of the, of the first team before Gabriel Lainz took over. That kind of suggests that, you know, he, he must be well thought of out there before he's, he's operating in those circles. Yeah. Um, and obviously, as I said, there's the, the connection between the two clubs. So 
Stephen Glass, but the talk now obviously is that he'd like to have his former Hibs teammate Scott Brown in as his well, number two. We're going to come on to that and other suggestions in just a minute, but let's hear from one of the former Dons players that our fan reporter Graham Watt caught up with. It's Fraser Fivey, and Graham asked the former Don about his thoughts on the departure of the management team. Eight years is a long time for a football manager nowadays, um, so. He done very well to stay at the club for that long, but he, I think I think he goes away with a lot of praise um, for the, the success he's brought to the club. Maybe fans might moan about not having a cup, but he really got the club back to where it should be. When Rangers weren't in the league, they were finishing second every year. Uh, they were getting to cup finals. Um, so I do think he done a really good job. Um, the players now, I think... Players in football see everywhere that managers get moved on very quickly and new managers come in very quickly. So for the case of the players, just for them to move on now and, and obviously I think Paul Sheeran and Barry Robson's taking it, so they'll have to go with their ideas for now. Um, and um, I'm sure the players will support them and obviously Paul and, and Barry are very good po- uh, coaches. So I think... Um, the players will play for them. There's been a lot of rumours flying around about Stephen Glass being considered. Your former manager, Neil Lennon, has also thrown his name into the equation. Who do you fancy taking the Aberdeen job? Yeah, look, there's a lot of, a lot of names in circulation. Um, I think the favourite Stephen Glass at the minute, obviously with the connection between McCormack and him at Atlanta. Um, I wouldn't rule out Lennon. If you go and look at the job he'd done at Hibs um, when he went there, Obviously, Stubbs left, he came in, he got them promoted, and then he got, I think he finished them second or third straight away um, from uh, from when they got promoted in, in the first time they'd been in the league for, for three or four years. So, I don't think you can count him out. I'm, I, I know him well, and I'm, I'm sure he'd be keen. He, look, he loves the game, and he'll want to get back into it. Um, I'll be surprised if he doesn't take a little bit of time out, though. Um, from what he's just gone through at Celtic but again I'm sure he'll be keen um, to take a job like Aberdeen as well Yeah I mean it's an interesting proposition Neil Lennon uh, to Pataudry personally I'm, given that it's so close to his departure from Celtic it, it doesn't feel like it it's the right time but then who knows in football what's your thoughts Dave? Who knows in football I mean the, the one thing that is clear I mean th- getting rid of Derek and Tony from Dave's perspective that's the easy part because mm. the hard part is now that whoever he, he brings in it's going to be his man yeah and uh, you know he'll live or die on on that appointment yeah. so it's a huge huge one and uh, as we've been hearing already and I'm sure we'll hear more the, the success rate of their not not in the last few months but uh, overall in his time Pataudry is going to be very hard to replicate Yeah I mean we've seen uh, discussions all week Andrew I know um, John McMaster had an article talking about the relationship between Derek McInnes and the board and the chairman and uh, he called into question whether that relationship in the last year had had an effect on Derek McInnes' ability to perform the way that he had done in the previous seven seasons and from an outsider point of view, you look at it as a fan, uh, I think you take a neutral perspective on it and you look at it and you look at the form and the way they've played, more more so the way they've played more than the positions because, you know, still fourth Aberdeen. But you have to say that there is a there is a correlation there and you can see why some people are suggesting that. Yeah, I think um, it's not patently obvious, but it's, there's a suggestion that the, 
One of the most important relationships in a football club is between the manager and the chairman. Now, the previous chairman, Stuart Milne and Derek McInnes, had a wonderful working relationship. I think Stuart was happy to let Derek be in charge and run the whole football operation, and he did so very successfully. Dave Cormack, I think, maybe has taken a slightly different tack, and it's, it is fairly clear, I think, that that relationship is not as solid as the previous relationship that, that Derek had with, with Stuart. So, um, when we're talking about Neil Lennon, he's a very close friend of Derek McInnes's, and if he's asking the question about how did you get on with your chairman, what's Derek going to say? Is he going to say, well, my previous chairman was brilliant, but this one, I didn't quite gel with him. Um, so I, I don't think Neil Lennon's in the frame for the Aberdeen job, to be perfectly honest. I think it's going to be somebody who is more aligned with Dave Cormack's way of thinking, um, maybe more friendly with Dave Cormack, which is why Stephen Glass, I think, is, has been installed as favourite. Yeah, Stephen Glass certainly seems to be the favourite. We've seen all sorts of uh, Twitter suggestions. That, you know, This is what always happens when you have a, a potential candidate. You see people saying, oh, I've, I've spotted so-and-so here and I've seen them there. But you've then got the second person, if it was to be Stephen Glass. So for Devil's Advocate perspective here, if you said Stephen Glass and Scott Brown... What kind of appointment from a fan's perspective, Dave, would Scott Brown be? I think it would be a bit like Marmite. It would polarise the fans, to be perfectly honest. And also, just come back to what Andrew was saying, we started this season, everybody was waxing lyrical about how well Aberdeen, the, the flow, the, the way they were playing was so much better than, than uh, this previous season. So, you know, it's... It's very quickly things have, have, have turned round, but yeah, I mean, Andrew and I were not arguing, but just speaking about Scott Brown. Mm. Uh, as well, Andrew I mean, said, the fact said, you've even said that says there's a Marmite situation <laughs> yeah, going on there. He's a winner, but <laughs> yeah, he's he not the most popular uh, person yeah. Uh, yeah. from an Aberdeen perspective. But going back, like, I remember players like Darren Jackson, who mm. you, you hated to play against or fans hated to play against your team but yeah. any team he played for he was a fans favourite Stevie Tosh who played for Aberdeen before when he played for Livy and other clubs he was the one that really got you riled but that was because he put up 110% into every single thing he did Yeah Well let's look at some of the names that are suggested just looking at one of the many lists of potential managers now we know that uh, uh, odds have been suspended at the moment because of well we don't know uh, but Stephen Glass obviously there at the top favourite, you've got Neil Lennon, Stephen Robinson uh, Darren Fletcher Enzo Maresca who's the Man City youth coach, uh, Chris Wilder who's just left Sheffield United, you've got Barry Robson Sean Maloney, I know I've heard Sean Maloney be mentioned a few times, Paul Sheeran, uh, Jim Goodwin, Derek Adams, Danny Cowley uh, uh, Paul Lambert Nigel Atkins and then you get into the 33 to 1s we could probably count most of them out, uh, having said that who knows, Um Andrew, just on some of the names there, there are a few missing, of course. There was a Croatian coach today asked about it. Um, Tot, the Croatian coach, he was, uh, he was, uh, there was talk about him as well. Could it be a wild card? Could it be someone else? I mean, we're, we're hearing a lot about Stephen Glass, but then there's a, there's, it's just, it feels like such an unknown outside of 
the one or two names that seem to be the front runners. Yeah, I mean, I think you can discount anybody who's come from, you know, the Premiership in England. Um, Frank Lampard obviously was a name that was being bandied around on, on Monday night. Like, sorry, but we're we're not in Frank Lampard's petty cash league, never mind his salary league. Um, and similarly with Eddie Howe, although Eddie Howe's been out of it out of work for quite a long time but Mm -hmm. let's be honest there is a bigger job in Scotland that is still up for grabs and that's the Celtic job they have the financial wherewithal to maybe attract some of these guys that I really don't think Aberdeen have unless Dave Cormack is working feverishly behind the scenes pulling in every dollar that he can possibly get um, to be able to go out and, and you know, appoint a real marquee manager. But I don't think that's the route that he's going to go down. I I think it's much more likely to be, let's use Aberdeen as a development vehicle for players that to to follow the the same, uh, you know, business model that Celtic do. Try and identify youngsters, sell them on for big bucks and keep churning things over that way. And... Celtic have the advantage that they can go out and spend money because of their past successes that have generated massive funds through the Champions League and things like that. Aberdeen don't have that behind them. There's also the small matter of a new stadium to be built and how that is to be funded. So it's it's not as as straightforward. Um, But I think some of the the names there, I mean, Maresco is the elite development squad head honcho at Manchester City he's going to be working with a massive budget down Hasn't there. Hasn't he also been assistant at other assistant clubs as well? He was assistant at West Ham mm-hmm. uh, and at Sevilla I think um, I think that's very left field mm-hmm. that one. I think it, it's much more likely to be somebody that has got a good grounding in the, the Scottish game. That's why I think if Stephen Glass was to be appointed he'd have to have a number two who was either on the ground here or a, in Scotland. Or a director of football, perhaps? Well, that's a, another option that, that could be looked at. Um, there's there's so many, and, you know, and, until such time as the chairman comes out and, and says, this is the path that we're looking to follow, you can throw a million and one names into the hat. And still get and, it wrong. And, and make a case for it, <laughs> and as you say, still get it wrong. Yeah. Um, the slight surprise is that the chairman who is normally fairly voluble on social media and stuff like that isn't at the moment but that's perhaps understandable because he's got as Dave said a massive job in his hand trying to replace Derek McInnes because make no mistake and I think any fan who looks at the the six minute video that is on Red TV just saying thanks to Tony and Derek Mm. when you look back at some of the highlights of the last eight years you tend to forget some of them and you take a lot of what they did for granted. Yeah. They they made punters care about Aberdeen Football Club much more than they did back before they started. Well, we're going to talk more about that and the legacy that they've left. But as well as that, we're going to hear from former Dons, Lee Mayer, Darren Young, Willie Garner and much more still to come. It's time to talk football. To talk dogs. North Sound One, Red Friday. Yeah, Mike, I'm joined in the studio by Dave McDermott and Andrew Shiny on what has been a big week for the Dons with the departure of Derek McInnes and Tony Doherty. Let's get the thoughts now of former Don Lee Mayer, who spoke to our fan reporter, Graham Watt. 
Yeah, it's sad to see um, Derek and, and Tony leave because I feel what they've done for the club over the last eight years has been incredible. They've raised expectations of everyone connected to the football club, connected to the city, that now third place is not good enough. So it's uh, a very brave decision by the, the board and it's one that they, they need to get right here with this next uh, appointment because they're obviously now wanting this new manager to come in and go and compete and be up there challenging with uh, Silicon Rangers. So it's a big a big decision and it's, a, it's an appointment that I don't fancy making, to be honest, because it is a tough one. But they're going to get people from all over Europe uh, looking for this job because it's a huge job. It's a huge club with huge potential. So um, they won't be short of offers anyway. But as I say, picking the right man for the job is going to be a very tough one. But um, looking back on what Derek and... and um, Tony have done for Aberdeen over the last eight years competing in Europe every year competing in finals yes it would have been great to win more silverware but I think what they've done is they can look back on their Aberdeen career with pride and they've also shown as well great loyalty to the club because we all know Derek's a, a Rangers fan he has been a Rangers fan his whole life and the chance to go back and manage Rangers was a big thing for him and and if you put yourself in those shoes, if the club you support and supported all your life you've now got a chance to go back to them for him to turn them down and stay with Aberdeen was showing great loyalty. He obviously did have faith that he, in his own ability that he could take Aberdeen to the next level. Unfortunately, he's not been given that chance now, but as I say, you can look back on what they've done with Aberdeen with, with great pride. Um, they've done great things, um, but as I say now, Aberdeen just need to look on to appointing the right man to go and take them forward. Who it's going to be, I have no idea. Um, I think there will be appointments coming from all over Europe because it is a huge job. It is a massive job and one that a lot of people will, would like to get their hands on. So um, the board will have decisions to make over the next couple of weeks, but here's hoping they can appoint the right person and we can be talking about Aberdeen competing in Europe, winning more cups and hopefully in the next couple of years challenging Silicon Rangers for winning the league because that's obviously what we're wanting to wanting to achieve but yeah looking back over the eight years a great eight, eight years but um, it's maybe time for a fresh start and here's hoping they can hit the ground running North Zone 1 Red Friday uh, Dave, season tickets are very much now the thought I would have thought of the board and looking towards next season we don't know the situation, what it's going to be like it could be again uh, a subscription online type situation uh, for many, we don't know yet we might have fans back in, we don't know at what level so you can see from that perspective why the decision might have been made at this time Yeah, and uh, but it also just underlines what uh, Lee was saying there, the, how important the who the appointment is because if it's somebody that doesn't get the imagination of the fans going remember football fans up and down the country have found different ways to spend their Saturday afternoon or whatever than going to a match it's going to be difficult to get these fans in numbers back again mm. and uh, that's why it's got to be somebody I think Andrew that, that totally excites them Yeah I think um, you know as you say if you're not sitting glued to your, your laptop watching your favourite club's game, um, you'll have found something else to do. And it, once you get into a habit, it's very difficult to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Look at the Dons. They've got into this habit of not scoring goals and not winning games. And a rut has suddenly become, you know, a chasm that they've fallen into uh, in, in that regard. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's such an important appointment. And... 
I don't envy the, the board their job and whoever is working on behalf of the board to, to try and, and get all the, the due diligence done and on all the runners and riders in the race to be the successor to, to Derek McInnes. Uh, it's it's very difficult, but uh, it's one that they've got to get right um, because football is in a, in a parlous position at the moment because, yeah. as you said, we don't know what the scenario is going to be next season. I think even looking in the brightest and in the, in the most optimistic way at next season, I can't see there being more than 40-50% attendances no. allowed in grounds, possibly for the whole of next season. No. Uh, and, and that's very much dependent on there being no more dips along the way in yeah. terms of more uh, COVID cases, which absolutely. we don't know. Mm-hmm. And certainly the advice that's been given out is very conflicted. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to hear from more former Dons. There's still some uh, interesting thoughts and comments from uh, Darren Young to come and Willie Garner as well. But what I'm also going to do is I'm just going to throw in every so often another five names that have been mentioned. Uh, just every so often I'll throw them in. So here's another five for you and I'll get your comments. Uh, Scott Booth, Martin Canning, John Collins, Stevie Crawford, Callum Davidson. Uh, Dave? Yeah, I don't think, with all due respect, I don't think... Good managers, though, the names they are. I don't think these are names that would excite the fans in a way that they're going to buy season tickets. Mm. That they're not, you know, the the doubters are going to say, I'll get my season ticket, whether it's virtual or whether I'll be there. I want to watch what's happening now. Devil's Advocate, is Stephen Glass that name? Um, It's a difficult one, I must admit. Um, Stephen Glass as a player was was excellent um, he was the type of player that excited fans um, I haven't seen any of his Atlanta games to know whether uh, the type of football that, that he was trying to, to get his teams to play would be exciting for Aberdeen I believe that it's very possession based um, and perhaps you know you can you can see a possession based game that is dull as dishwater and you, you can see a, a game that is long ball and possession passing back and forth between the teams yeah. every millisecond being the, the greatest game you've watched in ages. Um, so it, it's a difficult one to say whether Stephen would bring a, a type of football to Aberdeen that would excite fans. Well, I'm going to throw some more names at you in a minute, but before we do that, let's get the thoughts of former Don and current East Fife manager Darren Young, who spoke to Graham. Darren, Derek McInnes has left Aberdeen after eight years. What have you made of the job that Derek McInnes has done at Aberdeen? Obviously looking for a new manager as well. Who do you see being able to continue to take Aberdeen forward? Obviously there's been rumours of Stephen Glass being considered. He's the hot favourite. Obviously Scott Brown is assistant and Sven Goran Eriksson we're hearing today as well. Neil Lennon even threw his name in the hat. It's it's very difficult. The Aberdeen board have got a, a big decision to make, haven't they? For me, it's big boots to fill. Um, I think the last eight years... Um, for me as well, for the fans, maybe at times the uh, football's been not been the ease in the eye, but at the end of the day, he's kind of what's their expectations? I mean, Rangers and that were out of the league, it was kind of can they finish kind of second, third all the time, which he did. Uh, Rangers back in the league, and then obviously they've got a bit of money behind them, they've got a bit more backing now, and it's kind of between Rangers and Celtic. Uh, anyone out with Aberdeen in the league, it's, it's very hard to try and split the old firm, but again, Derek's. <laughs> His job, he's finishing third and fourth, which for me is again exactly kind of where Aberdeen are at. They've got the cup finals, which they've done. Uh, probably unfortunate they, they get Celtic in quite a lot of them, 
Um, they've obviously managed to win a cup final as well. Uh, Europe, they've been in Europe nearly every other year. So, it's, for me, it's got to be careful what you wish for. Um, you've got to take into consideration the, the number of players that Derek's brought in, take into the, the, the number of players that he's lost. So, he's losing quality players. He's, yeah, he's getting good money. Um, he's also now got a training ground, talking about new stadiums and stuff. So, it's uh, a lot of stuff's happened in his tenure there. And for me, it's, who do you get that's going to get a better that? And I mean, everyone's like, oh, get him out, get him out. At the end of the day, I, I think he's, he's got enough in the bank there, enough credit in the bank for me to be allowed to, to continue the job and look to rebuild. And that's, that's for being honest, that's what it is. Aberdeen, you, you're going to go through phases where you get these the better players, really good players, high quality players coming through, and and then <laughs> one of the big fish come along, they snap them up, they sign them, they get a couple of million. Then it's then up to the, the, the manager again to kind of rebuild again. So he's probably in that process just now. Uh, young McGrory in midfield, Ferguson in midfield, Campbell, you've got, I mean, obviously Scotty Knight's just left to go to the Rangers, so you've got a lot of young guys that were kind of coming through again, and, and if you can tie that up with uh, a couple of experienced guys, then then yeah, you, you can go on and continue, but regards to who's going to come in, then it's a lottery, I'm surprised, I'm disappointed, I never heard my name pop up there when you were asking me the question, but uh, maybe for another day, uh, but no, it, it's going to be hard, and at the same time, Whoever's coming in has got, a, has got a big job in their hands. Realistically, you're looking at semi-finals every year, get to cup finals, uh, finishing third, fourth, and get into Europe, which is which is the top end of what you can be achieving. So if they don't do that, then all of a sudden there's going to be cries again from the fans that, they, that they're not getting that. Uh, would they be happy if they were playing really good attacking football but finishing fifth and sixth every season? Um, so at the end of the day it's, for me got to be careful what you wish for yeah very interesting there Dave and, and I think the most interesting part from what Darren Young said there was thir- you're wanting third fourth every season you want semi-finals of the cup you want a final every so often and maybe the occasional trophy in Europe isn't that what's happened over the last eight years? It is. You can tell Darren's now a manager as well from the from that <laughs> Put his name in the hat. and throwing his own name in. But yeah, um, what, what Darren said there was absolutely spot spot on. Um, it is good, and again, it comes back to what we've said a few times tonight. This appointment is absolutely crucial. I mean, it's great when you have ambition when you're a football fan and you you see your team do something bold that is that is exciting and it's you can understand why the fans are excited about some of the names that have been talked about you get it but there is a real fear I would say and I think it's vocal from some fans I've seen this talked about as well that you are taking a massive risk by changing things so dramatically and drastically and a lot of fans think that's what's needed but it is a risk of course it's a risk um, you've got players there who have been used to a way of working uh, with a manager who has as Darren Young said he's achieved what everybody with any modicum of realism um, would expect to have achieved um, I know that Celtic at times haven't been as good as they have been. Other times they've been absolutely unplayable and unfortunately these times seem to coincide with when they played Aberdeen in cup finals. If it had been any other side in Scotland that Aberdeen had played in the cup finals that they lost they'd have won probably all of them and all of a sudden you know, Derek McInnes would be 
going along to Union Square to unveil his statue. Um, but football, as we know, isn't like that. And fans' expectations, I think, have been a little bit too high. Um, but it doesn't take away from the fact that we've got to get this appointment right. And, you know... Yeah, people can get excited at the thought of, oh, there's going to be a guy who's come from the Premiership is going to come and be our manager. That's just not being realistic. Mm. Um, you've got to know your place in the pecking order. And I think, you know, a, a Stephen Glass coming in, a young manager with something to prove, maybe. But as, as Paul Sheeran said, um, you know, when he, he was speaking to Red TV, he said, normally football managers leave because they're going to something bigger and better or because their club is in dire straits I'm, Derek McInnes left not for a new job and not with his club in dire straits and with so, six games to go in with, the season yeah um, so it, it was strange timing um, very similar to Alex Smith's departure yeah let's remember what happened after Alex Smith for the next several years in the 90s let's, let's be honest which, but which we hope is not of the course, case. of I course, mean, but it's a, it is a warning, isn't it? You know, of course. It's, um, it's, it's, it's so much to talk about and so much to digest. We are going to uh, hear from Willie Garner in a minute as well, but we'll also have uh, Beat the Pundit. And I'm going to give you five more names in a minute. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk dogs. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Yes, it's Red Friday and Aberdeen's search for a manager continues. Let's get the thoughts of Willie Garner, who caught up with Graham to give Graham his thoughts on the current situation. Willie, it's been a tough week for the Dons. You've been involved as both a player and manager. How difficult will it be for the Aberdeen players to stay positive after Derek leaving? Graham, I don't think it'll be a problem at all in terms of the players' attitude. Um, they're professional guys, that's their job. The three guys are going in to work with them over the next couple of weeks before the first game against them, United. I'm pretty sure that they'll be watching to see if there's anybody uh, no pulling their weight. I feel that uh, a lot of them will have been in dressing rooms before where managers are left and it's how they react to these things. Um, some of them will be feeling sorry that they've let Derek down. I'm pretty sure of that. And some of them will be thinking this is a great chance for me because they may never got an opportunity uh, under Derek. So there's everything to play for. Uh, I'm pretty sure that training will be lively. I'm pretty sure that the guys will be focusing in terms of the next game at Dundee United. And I don't think there'll be any issues with that at all in terms of uh, feeling, that not certainly not feeling sorry for themselves, that's for sure. North Sound 1, Red Friday. Just briefly there, Andrew, very good point uh, from Willie Garner about the players that maybe have been on the fringes and they might well be looking at this as a real opportunity. Absolutely. Um, there'll be a number of the guys that um, will feel that they could have done a job and have probably been knocking on the manager's door saying, you know, why am I not getting a chance? Um, everybody really starts with a clean slate. Yeah. Um, so it's it's what they do in the training ground between now and next Saturday that will determine whether they play. But there is always in the backs of, their, of everyone's minds, not just players, coaching staff, but also support staff. You know, am I going to be in a job come the end of next week? Yeah. Because if an appointment does get made sooner rather than later, more often than not, you see a new manager comes in and brings all his own 
support staff with them. It may be different if it is someone flying in from the States who can't take everybody across from the States given the, the current COVID situation. But long term, you know, there'll be a few guys that will be a little bit concerned about their futures, yeah. which is very unfortunate because um, it, it's been a a tight-knit team at Cormac Park at Petaudry working behind the scenes, all pulling in the same direction. They will still be pulling in the same direction behind Barry and Paul, um, but there will be this nagging doubt in the backs of their minds as to where am I going to be come the end of the, the month? Absolutely. Five names for you, Dave. Also mm. been uh, suggested in the the Let's many names. Any of them. Well, <laughs> let's see. Well, you'll have definitely heard of the first few, that's for sure. Barry Ferguson. No. Uh, Duncan Ferguson. No. Uh, <laughs> Michael Flynn from Newport County. Okay. Uh, Scott Gemmell. And then finally, this is an interesting one, Paul Hartley. Well, Aberdeen connection. I don't think uh, COVID like Paul too. <laughs> I think Keith Moore might have something yes, to say about that. Uh, Scott Gemmell's quite an interesting one as yeah, well. Yeah. I mean, he has done a job with uh, Scotland age level, or age group level, but yep. uh, yeah, I mean, it's maybe not at this point in time. Yeah, it, as you say, it's throwing names at us and. <laughs> We could go through hundreds and we could still be totally wrong. Yes, I'm sure we will be. Right, it's time for Beat the Pundit. Andrew, it was Sandy Stark who went for goals last week. How many uh, he went for goals? There were goals, but how good were his predictions? Um, they were better than Dave's. Um, <laughs> but he only managed to get two uh, results right, no, right. Com- no scores right. Um, so it was 2 1. It was a very low scoring week. Well, um, you scored as many as the three of us put together which did. to be fair was only four so Indeed. sounds more impressive which means that Andrew without seeing it got one oh, I Correct. See. <laughs> uh, this week it's Michael Wyatt taking on Dave McDermott and we're looking at the Championship and Premiership games this weekend yes Mike taking on Dave tonight is Don's fan Michael Michael first up tonight's game Inverness versus Wraith Rovers how do you see that one going Cali Thistle 3 Wraith Rovers 1 and on Saturday in the Championship we have Dundee versus Arbroath your score predictions for that one Dundee 2 Arbroath 0 Dunfermline versus Morton Dunfermline 1 Morton 1 Hearts against Air United I'd love to see Air United winning this one but I can't really see it happening Um, so I'm going for Hearts 3 Air 1 and the final game in the Championship Queen of the South versus Aloha Athletic Queen of the South 2 Aloha 0 And we do have two Premiership ties on Saturday First up Livingston against Hamilton Your score predictions for that one The battle of the plastic pitches I'm going for a boring 0-0 And finally Ross County versus Hibernian County 2 Hibs 2 Okay Dave starting with the game tonight Cali Thistle Wraith Rovers 1-1 uh, uh, Championship tomorrow we've got Dundee Arbroath 1-1 Morton visit Dunfermline Uh, 1-1 Hearts they're at home runaway leaders to Air United 3-1 Hearts Uh, Queen of the South at home to Alloa 2-1 Queens and in the Premiership Livingston Hamilton 1-1 and Ross County Hibs well I I hope uh, Michael's right with his 2-2 but I've gone for 2-1 Hibs yeah some similar results in there uh, potentially uh, that you've got so it'll be interesting Um, we're going to move on though because uh, time is nearly upon us and I want to talk about a really interesting project that you guys have been working on Um, I've kind of 
have kind of taken the the Te- role of technical te- side, te- tech support. <laughs> to say, technical phobes <laughs> like us, not that much better. But you know, we're getting there. Uh, and there's a brand new podcast coming in April. It's all very exciting. It's called Red Rewind, and. Uh, You've got some really interesting guests, Andrew. Yeah, we've been chatting to some of the guys that we've worked with and alongside both with North Sound and with the football club. Um, so we've got the initial block of eight done. Uh, which was season one. Season one. We've, we've already got a list here that's growing by the minute. And I think um, providing people enjoy season one, uh, there's certainly scope for follow-ups, yeah, and, shall we say. And the format being, you, you sit down with these ex-players and you discuss your time, their time, yeah. Toddy, when you, if there was a crossover, you talk about that kind of stuff. There's yeah, all sorts and of to stuff. touch on other stuff as well, but from a socially distanced perspective, it all has, because all yeah. of these, I mean, the, it was lockdown that really got us started. You suggested it by a good idea. We got quite excited about it. Yeah. And we, we, we did the first series in the run-up to uh, the end of last year, yeah. which was great. And we're starting off with uh, Jim Leighton. Yeah, well, do you know what? I've got a wee clip from that interview, um, and I love this clip let's just play it I started off as a striker and then I'd gradually get further back till I was playing centre half in the last year of primary school and I get called out to in front of the class one Friday morning and the teacher told me that I'd been picked for the Renfrewshire County team I went oh great there's me thinking centre half and he says as a goalie I says but I've never played in goals before he says well you've been picked as a goalie oh, can't he be well, you'll need to go as a goalie so I went and obviously things went okay and then they wouldn't let me play back um, back outfield again so there's another quirk of fate and I've never ever found out to this day how it came about that I get picked as a goalie. You think that's understatement of the century, Andrew, isn't it? To say, it went all right. <laughs> yeah, a typical Jim. Um, but you, you've got to laugh at the very first thing. I started as a striker. Jim Leighton, a striker. <laughs> we did kick we, a ball straight. Uh, exactly. But, uh, we, do, we do have our, our Facebook page, which was actually just set up uh, this week. Uh, yep. Facebook.com forward slash uh, Red Rewind 1903. Yep. If you want to like us, you'll be kept up to date. And an Instagram You're page on Instagram. Well. Yes. Same yes. one, Red uh-huh. Rewind, 1903. That's it. Get on there and um, get like it. But um, we, we speak to Jim, we speak to Stevie Tosh, Brian Irvins, Andrew Diamond, Neil Cooper, David Priest, Richie Byrne uh, and Russell Anderson. So it, it's, it was great fun doing the first eight and I hope everybody enjoys the, the, the chats that we have. The amazing thing was in the one with Jim Leighton, the word Gothenburg was never mentioned. <laughs> well, you'll have to listen to the full episode to find out what you did talk about. And this time next week, we'll be back for another Red Friday. Will there be a new man in charge of Aberdeen? Time will tell. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Sound 1, Red Friday.